Liberty Station is brought to you by my good friends at Devoted Capital, where they believe how you profit matters. They're dedicated to helping you align your investments with your values, empowering you to a life well-lived. Welcome to the Bryce Eddy Show on Liberty Station, and uh, this is a fun episode for me. I was, I was saying before we began, this is like uh, Joe Rogan getting together with his friends because we don't totally know what we're going to talk about, but today I have two repeat guests, and um, I discovered that you guys were friends uh, kind of you know, by accident, but uh, I've got Dr. Robert Yoho and uh, Dr. Professor Dr. Professor, Professor, your exalted majesty, any of those. Okay, Grant Horner, um, both of whom have become friends of mine. And um, I'm excited because, you know, you guys, I should have known, considering that you guys are both uh, rock climbers and mountaineers and all that sort of stuff. I should have put the connection together because that's a small little world. And the fact that uh, you guys have been longtime buddies, I thought was really cool. I got to kick this off with a story about Grant. Oh, yes, let's do now, that. Can I do the I would, Rogan? Because I'm the I bald would, one. Here. Can I be the Rogan guy? Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe him. you'll I get would, us 10 million <laughs> downloads and 100 million bucks. That's the only thing that's stopping us. I would roast him, but I. this one is a complimentary story. Oh, okay. Grant right. has done something no one else in the history of climbing has ever done, which is he walked into Yosemite when he was a boy, maybe a man of like 20. 34. 34, okay. And he climbed uh, El Capitan in less than 24 hours on the first day that he ever saw Yosemite Valley. So he woke up a quarter of the way up El Cap. And so that's quite an achievement. And people like me trained for years to figure out how to do that thing in 24 hours. And so what was your time that first time? 17 flat. 17 flat. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's yeah. that's good. Now it's been done in what, two hours now? Yeah, now you're making me feel bad. I mean, last time I did it, I was 54. Four and I did it in twelve hours, but I—it's just too painful. I don't think I'll ever do it so, again. So too this hard. thing is three thousand feet high, and it's uh, how many pitches? Thirty pitches? Yeah, generally 30, between 25, 30 pitches. Like three yeah. Empire State Building stack up. The last one's you know slightly overhanging. So Grant, yeah. despite how he looks now, he he at least at one point was a very macho dude. Yeah, I, I appreciate how he's able to give and take away <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. in the same sentence. I that, think that you're that still requires, macho. That requires great we think skill. He used macho. to be better at it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's got very strong hands. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's excellent. So um, I, I would love to get uh, a couple of takes from you guys. Uh, we just, you know, gone through our, um, you know, ele- well, I, I'm not going to say we've gone through our elections because they're still ongoing, <laughs> you know, because we don't have election day any longer in this country, yeah. except for in Florida. Yeah. We have we have yeah. election Amazing. month. And, um, you know, the, the Democrats, um, now the, you know, they've built this system in which they can draw out until they get the enough votes to declare the winner. Um, they can, they can count for as long as they want. And, um, that's what we've got going on right now. So in California, many of the races, you know, haven't yet been called or decided, uh, officially. Um, and, you know, here we are, you know, more than a, a weekend now. And uh, in other places uh, around the country, they're doing the same thing. So uh, what are your thoughts on that? Because when all of us were, you know, growing up in the world, you know, you had election day, you knew that night you either went to bed happy or sad. um, And, you know, here we are. Yeah. Well, I mean, people have very, very short attention spans. And the political machines know that the Democrats are, 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 are leveraging that, Republicans are not. So they know if you drag it out a week or two, like, you know, Hobbs and, and, and Lake out in Arizona, a week later, most people are like, wait, who was running for that? Was that the governor? Was that the Senate? Well, and it's just, it's gone. And so they can sneak in anything that they want. And they know yeah. that. Yeah. Well, um, Arizona is particularly uh, third world in the way that they did their elections. And there's reports that have come in all over across the board where, you know, polling um, locations uh, and, and tabulators weren't working in heavily Republican in heavily districts. Republican districts, right. Um, you know, so they, they, they gamed it. Um, my concern is that we are um, fighting like we're old-timey boxers, and they are mixed martial artists using the entire system and the apparatus and the rules that they created to their favor, and we are not. Um, yeah. Now, we did locally here. Um, we, we did legal ballot harvesting here, 
And we set that up because we knew that that's what they do and that's what they're going to do. And, and there was a lot of people concerned about chain of custody, um, you know, on the conservative side. So, you know, we set up locations for that and, and successfully did that. Now, what we didn't do is the underhanded stuff. We didn't go into the old folks home and say, oh, no, 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 don't mark that one. Mark this one. We didn't play any of those games. But, um, you know, we also didn't. Uh, play with extra ballots or anything like that, which we know has been going on so that they are able to fortify their positions. Well, the phrase now is the system is the steel because the Democrats have very carefully arranged their local political systems to really, really leverage all that month or longer of voting. Whereas people who tend to be conservative, like going in on election day, I'm voting, it's election day, it's voting day. And that allows all kinds of thuggery to happen very, very quickly on the left. Yeah, which I think is a mistake um, because we should be playing in the same system that they've created until we can reform the system. Right. Because the areas that reform the system, Texas, That's Ohio, right. and Florida. Look what happens. Uh, you know, we uh, ended up with the result that the conservatives came out on top. And so yeah, I think you, you vote know, on voting day unless you're in the military or you're near death in the hospital. Yeah, that's it. Voting day is voting day. Yeah, it should it should be that way. And it, you know, has been throughout history. But again, that's why we're conservatives. And we'd like to see some of the traditional things uh, continue on that uh, that we thought very carefully through and designed and, you know, eliminated as much shenanigans as possible. What are your thoughts? You know, it's been so agonizing for me to burn down all my preconceptions in the last two years yeah. that I can't even look at politics. I mean, I, I'm working on a, a, a new book that reviews what's happened in the last year for people that didn't get the freaking memo. And so I can't stand to look at this. I did give Carrie Lake $500, though. Yeah. Well, she was great. I mean, uh, her winning would have been personally. Um, uh, you put it in past tense. It's still in play, isn't it? Um, well, uh, you know, we'll we'll see yeah. because it's you know, inside it's, of one percentage right now. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's been it's been you know declared. Um, you know, there's going to be objections to it. Um, you know, by the time this episode airs in a couple of days, here it might be all said and done. I'm not optimistic um, because. I I thought that this is the game that they were going to play. So I you know I I, I was um, I was encouraged by her poll numbers, and I think she was a phenomenal candidate. I think she she did uh, you know in front of the media and the cameras and all that stuff better than anyone else in the country. She's great, um, and she was the real deal in terms of how I believe she would govern. Um, and I don't think that her political career is over. I think she's a, a dynamic and incredible person. She be national level. Um, I, and I, I think she potentially will be. Um, she had the will to solve the problems down on the border. That's how I met her um, was, you know, working on some of those projects. Um, You know, this is somebody that would have solved that. And I think the um, other side knew the danger of her winning. And if you know that you could be fired, criminally prosecuted um, uh, by the full force of the state government going after you for the shenanigans that you engaged in, um, would you not continue on doing anything and everything you can, especially if, you know, on the left, truth and, um, you know, is not a a value of theirs. Um, They literally believe and they talk themselves into believing that they are fighting literal Nazis. So then cheating is okay because you're saving the world. You can justify anything, not that they have any kind of actual moral center. That's how they look at it. You know, they can do anything, right? So yeah. Um, uh, and the truth is, is that if she, uh, does successfully win or were to win, then Arizona is going to go the way of Florida because you will have those changes in the laws and, and it will cease to be a purple state. I don't think they're going to let that happen. I'm highly, highly pessimistic. I mean, I consider myself, you know, well on the dissident, right? I think the system is utterly broken. I think that there are terrible problems with kind of the classical sense of liberal democracy, especially when you're bringing in massive numbers of people into the culture who have no kind of anchor with, with, you know, American culture, the American political system, things like that. So I think it's probably going to get worse and worse and worse. I don't think there's any way to vote ourselves out of this. I'm very, very negative about that. I think it's actually probably going to I mean, my, my view is it's probably going to result in a terrible crash, and who knows what's going to happen beyond that. I think we're I think we're in it now. I think yeah. that there are economic uh, uh, things that are crashing. I think that there are supply chain issues. I think that that 
that we have moved from a high trust society to to a moderately low trust society. And high trust societies is where you can you can do just about anything and you'll have human flourishing and human prospering. Yeah. Low trust society is jungle barbarism. And I think that that's quite likely where we're going to head. Um, I, I said to a lot of people offline, and I've you know said it now, I was saying that it, it uh, I was not optimistic that we were going to have a, a tsunami. I was not that optimistic. I was praying for, you know, some kind of wave. Um, but I didn't believe it's gotten bad enough yet for the average citizen. Most people are insulated from... It doesn't hurt enough. Right. And until there is real hurt... You know, a lot of people just, you know, go on. I mean, we had dismal turnout. Um, you know, people weren't in, weren't really involved in this. People aren't believing that it's as bad as it is. But I think they soon will. Look at what flipped right after Obama pushed through Obamacare. It wasn't about 60 seats. It was tremendous. Yeah. And with the economy in this current situation and being that way for two years, it was like they flipped the switch when it went from Trump to, you know, the turnip that's occupying the White House right now. And people are still in the backyards grilling, going, "That's okay." Yeah, yeah. It doesn't make a, no. It do, it doesn't hurt enough yet. That's that's the thing. And I think by the time we get to where people are like, "Wow, this really hurts," going to the polls may late. make no difference at all. Yeah. So I don't think that they're going to ban. I don't think they're going to stop having elections. They're going to become elections like they are in certain countries where everyone turns out and everyone that is on the ballot on one side is going to get all the votes. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. So, so we've got the elections and we have the courts. And then if those both fail us, we've got civil disobedience, which is not going to be very pretty. So what do you, do you guys know anything about the courts and what are what's going on with these lawsuits? And In regards to election well, stuff or no, in general? No, just in general. I mean, you know, we've got our attorney generals in Louisiana and another state who are going after Fauci and all this stuff. But it, it just grinds very slowly. Yeah, so um, gaining the... House um, is definitely a positive thing, even though it's a very slim um, majority now. But that means that January 6th committee ends. That means a lot of the shenanigans that uh, um, they were pulling. I'm I'm using that word. I probably shouldn't use that word anymore. I've used it probably too many times. But the dishonest, evil machinations that they've been engaging in, um, because shenanigans makes it sound funny. Fraud is the problem. But fraud, yeah. I mean, they are they're doing you know wicked things to gain and and garner and collect power. A lot of those things are going to have to stop just by the um, flip in the house. The other things that are the bright spots is now going after Fauci and some of those things and having hearings and all that. While I'm not optimistic that those outcomes, they're not going to end in guillotines. (laughs) Maybe not. But um, it it will uh, put a lot of people on the run that perpetrated, you know, great crimes against humanity, which you've been, you know, documenting. Yeah. And and the House, you know, really is controlling the the purse strings, right? That has to originate in the House. The Senate controls just judicial appointments. And so with us not taking the Senate or the Senate being tied or very, very close and, you know, the Democrats will always go in lockstep and the Republicans, just because of the structure of conservative thought, is going to have a breadth of thinking. So people will peel off here and there. But not being able to do what Trump did, which was to put a lot of mid and high level judicial appointments in place that were kind of MAGA people that were populists, that were constitutionalists, not being able to do more of that is going to is going to kind of erode uh, conservative power in a lot of ways. So that's what that is why it's very, very important that we take the Senate. But I am not very optimistic at this point. Yeah, well, I, I think that that um, I yeah, I don't think that. Uh, well, there, I I believe there's not a possible way now, even if um, like even if Georgia um, uh, does go to mm-hmm. the conservatives, even if you know Walker is in. I think that just basically makes it a you know even. It's another fifty and then VP pro tem, and then you have the we'll, the, get, yeah. we'll get the tie breaking vote. That's Kamala right. Harris is in charge again. Yeah. So you know you would hope that people, uh, you would hope you would hope that people on the right in the Senate would just block 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 judicial appointments, but they're just not very very good. I mean, I think a Republican leadership is terribly weak. I mean, I view, I view it as as a kind of a uniparty. I really do. I think that the vast majority of long-term elected Republicans 
are are you know it's splitting hairs between them and Democrats as far as what they often do. I agree. Uh, talk about that on the show all the time. Um, you know, the establishment is mm-hmm. our enemy just as much as the um, you know liberal or left is in many ways because they allow all of this stuff to continue. They're good at losing, and they don't use political power when they do when have, they have it. it. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Dr. I'm not. I'm not emotionally equi- equipped to think about this. I can't stand, <laughs> I can't stand it. The, the, the yeah. I, I uh, you understand. I actually understand and yeah. appreciate that a lot because I have had a few episodes where I've tried not to talk about this at all for my own sanity, and and also I think people need a break. Okay. So um, and and I think for um, you know some of this episode we're we're gonna you know continue to talk about some dark stuff, but the the watching the political machine operate is so disheartening for so many people. Mm-hmm. Um, we have folks that uh, ran here locally for um, for positions that left it all on the field, did everything that they possibly could visited, you know, doors, you know, uh, uh, every door in their neighborhoods twice, you know, in their districts, all that stuff still lost by great margin, even though by all indications they should have won. And so looking at that and looking at what happens with the way that they count these votes and the, you know, tabulators and everything, it's, it's, uh, it's discouraging. And so there's a lot of people I know that also as conservatives and as Christians stayed home because they had that, well, what's the use kind of thought. I, I want to hear how you re- retain your optimism, Bryce. Um, I will tell you, because I am a believer, yeah. and I do believe that God is in charge, and uh, we know the end of the game. And so uh, absolutely, when there's when it's just me, um, you know, and if I were in charge of all this and I'm, you know, witnessing all this evil in this world, it's easy to be despondent. But when I know that, you know, there is a bigger game at play here, you know? Yeah, it changes everything. It changes everything. It, it doesn't reduce the importance that I want a world for my kids and all my all of our seven grandkids to grow up in that will be as nice as the one. I mean, I, I was born in 1964, summer of 64, and so I'm 58 and a half. And I tell my students, because I spend, you know, many, many hours a week with people who are like 18 to 24, and a lot of people like to run down this current generation. There's always things you can pick on, and old people like to pick on young people. It's yeah. easy and cheap fun to do. But I love young people. I, I see, you know, as in any generation, there's a sliver of people it's like, not going to happen. And a sliver of people, now these people can make it happen. Yeah. So, you know, I'm focusing on those people. That's what I'm working well, on. And, and, and you know, I the- want those people to make a world for my grandkids that will be as good as kind of like the golden age that we grew up in, 60s, 70s, and 80s, where a kid could disappear at 7 in the morning on Saturday, come rolling in at 9.30 Saturday night, and the parents were never worried. Right. You yeah. can't do that now. I watched a little video on YouTube last night that uh, that kind of said things that we did in the 70s, and it was a recounting <laughs> of those those very yeah. things. My mom always gave me scissors and opened them up and said, now run with these. Yeah. I mean, that was how I grew up. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but it but it is remarkably different because b- back then you did have just you know individual you know freedom, family freedom. Um, you know there wasn't a concern or an over concern on safety continuously. Um, you know I remember all of us rattling around in the back of a you know station wagon yeah, or a course. pickup truck. You know as kids, you know driving on the freeway, lugging two by fours you and know. nails fifty feet up into trees to build tree houses, all kinds of dangerous, yeah. deadly things. Yeah, man, we've lost so much of that that yeah. was special. One more person says to me in a grocery store, be safe, my head's going to explode. I'm like, I am not interested in being safe. I have values. I want to follow those. Safety is not at the top of the list. Um, uh, So uh, Pastor Rob, um, and I think he says it beautifully, is, yeah, don't, don't, you know, tell people to be safe. Tell them to be dangerous and wise. Do you know whom you're voting for? With every product you buy and every dollar you spend, you are casting your vote. Devoted Capital offers values-based investing portfolios that are designed to help you reach your financial goals, all the while making a positive impact on your life and the world around you. They are dedicated to educating, engaging, and empowering you to be wise with your investments and to equip you 
to be knowledgeable with your vote. Visit their website at devotedcapital.com to learn more about values-based investing or dial 805-372-0821 to speak to your values investor advocate today. Investment advisory services offered through Alliance Advisory and Securities, LLC, registered investment advisor. Yeah, and uh, and course. I and I like that, you know, of course, that that, you know, dangerous um, part of that, uh, I think, in his thoughts and, and mine come from the, you know, Jordan Peterson version, who, by the way, right. spoke uh, at the Prager Gala the other day and, um, you know, amazing talk uh, that he gave along with Dennis Prager. But he talks about being, you know, dangerous and having it under voluntary control. And so I think there's that that play on that, you know, yeah, you know, be dangerous, be that person who has it yeah. under voluntary control, which is, you know, being wise. Well, um, that's you what know. between the two of us, close to a century of experience with climbing. Right is figuring out how to control risk at a level where it's rewarding. It's not that it's not dangerous. It's really dangerous. I don't know how smart that was, Grant. Grant, well, I don't know what I was doing. I'm going to tell a story, another story about Grant. Good. Grant soloed the Iger North face, the the face, right? Mm-hmm. The face that so many people died. It was considered impossible to climb it in the 30s. It was finally climbed after Tony Egger died and all these other people. Yeah, about 10 they people were hanging died on their, they did it. They were hanging on their ropes like frozen sausages. Yeah. And Grant went up there without a rope and yeah. just scampered his way up the thing in about, what, 12 hours, 18 mm, hours? 15 or 16. 15 or 16 hours. Like, That's, that yeah. put a pretty nice cap on your career. Yeah. Have you done anything worthwhile since then? Oh, no. <laughs> And that, sit but that down, was fairly, sit down and look at videos of other people being stupid. That was that was fairly recently. That was what four uh, or five it was years four ago. Years ago. Yeah. yeah so was I was impressed ago. with that. Our my yeah. other our other friends uh, with, who will remain unnamed. They said, "Well, he must have scampered up the backside, probably." And then, yeah. so I, and then scampered down the front. Yeah, right? and scampered down the backside <laughs> again. But he went up straight. Except up for the, the pictures in the video. Yeah, the yeah. pictures in the video. You you take your GoPro on that. I've, I just had my yeah, iPhone yeah. took pictures. Yeah. yeah. So it's that's genuinely macho. Yeah. But there's but but the thing is is that you know <clears throat> if, if guys learn how to assess risk and then take some risk, mm-hmm. you know they they might move out of like you know I mean you know the the, the best political joke I've heard this year was uh, Beta O'Rourke. They should have really just named him Beta because he's the classic, right? Um, you can move from that category of like the weak soft soy male into like a solid male by not doing this. Oh, just always be safe. You can't always be safe if you want to actually be a man or if you want to be a human being. You don't live in a world where safety is something that you can build a bubble around your life and keep it maintained all the time. Yeah, yeah. You can't. I, I don't remember who my wife was talking to, but, you know, my wife has been wonderful in this way in, in my life because, you know, now part of my personality is I'm going to do what I'm going to do, you know, but the reason that we married and got together was because she, you know, is comfortable with that and understands and has, you know, her faith in, you know, God that, okay, when, you know, when my, when my number's up, my number's up. And so, you know, me going out and buying a motorcycle or, you know, which, 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 um, well, I've, I've ridden, I've I've ridden for for years. Well, I don't, I have, I have one now that sits in my garage mostly, but leave it in the garage. But if you've seen what we've seen in former ER physician, neurosurgical ICU, But I, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. But um, but living with some element of danger in your life. Yeah. I mean, also, you know, I've been a road biker, too, um, you know, and, and those cars. I'd actually in some ways rather be on a motorcycle than on a road bike because, you know, you're at least moving with the traffic. Um, but uh, or or somebody had, had mentioned somehow this came up in conversation with my wife, um, you know, talking to somebody else, you know, because uh, I'll smoke an, uh, an occasional cigar and I'm not actually a big cigar smoker. But but it was a little bit like, you know, wow, you, you don't mind your husband doing these sort of things. And she's like, I don't think it's up to me, number one. Um, but number two, she's like, do you really want to, you know, um, you know, oppress your spouse? you know, in these things that maybe you're a little bit uncomfortable with, maybe they are risks that, that, uh, you know, they're willing to take, um, you know, again, you're, you know, scampering up the sides of mountains, uh, front sides, 
front sides of mountains. <laughs> yeah. uh, and you're, you're taking that, a significant risk. A friend risk. of ours, he genuinely thought, he genuinely said it's impossible. He couldn't have done that. Well, well the thing is, is <laughs> I that I don't care. Impressive. I don't climb for any reason other than I really like to do it. And I like the friends that I do it yeah. with. So I, we, you know. Now, see, and Bryce, you've seen me wimp off of stuff and yeah, bail off of stuff of many times. <laughs> see, yeah. Bryce, Bryce has had very macho a jiu-jitsu career. But I've had many more injuries climbing and have had many more friends die climbing than you have had in jiu-jitsu. Uh, that is true. I have certainly uh, true. To, to, okay, I yeah. evulsed my quadricep off my no, kneecap. No. I broke a foot falling 40 feet on El Cap. I was hanging on to a climb and poked my tooth over the ledge and broke the tooth off when I <laughs> fell off. That's the stupidest That's one That's not of all. a technique. I've got, I was two, like a, like a tooth. I've got two... Replacement shoulders, yeah. and I've got a ruined bicep. You're like the bionic yeah. man now. Yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> My hips are okay. It is, it is brutal on the body. Any kind of sport like that's brutal. Well, uh, you know, but it's worse to lay on the sofa and eat potato chips and, and watch how television. Many, you, we're going to we're going to die. Died? Me? Yeah, climbing. Climbing only one. Well, I've got five, maybe only six. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, you know, Kevin Bine. So you have two. Only uh, like acquaintance <laughs> level at the gunks yeah. like 35 years ago, right, 40 right. years ago. So, no, he wouldn't know me. Yeah. You know, probably had well, more conversations wouldn't know you with now. his wife. He fell off. No. no well, I haven't had knew Ravage. He, he repelled off of that. So yeah, there's pin. two. Yeah. Uh, no, I did not know You didn't know Ravage. No, we were no. dear friends with Ravage. Mm. Anyway, yeah. sorry. No, no, no. It's your podcast, Bryce. No, it's our podcast. Okay. Remember, we're just friends getting together and rapping about life. No, I... um. I have uh, not had any friends die of motorcycle accidents. And or I did ride with a bunch of people. Right? And I have not had people die yeah. in uh, jujitsu, most yeah. certainly. I've had several friends from motorcycles, yeah. including Frank Pastore, right after my yeah. wife and I had dinner with Frank and Gina. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like a week later. Yeah, no. And, and, and again, that, that stuff obviously uh, does happen. Um, I, I did have, we did have a guy who died on, uh, on the mat from a heart attack though, but, um, but no, you know, jujitsu is, uh, you know, pretty mild in its injury rate. I think people think it's, uh, more injurious than it is. Um, and it is something that you can do later on in life if you, you know, want to slow it down. Not and, at 69 you know, though. Not usually at 69. That's not when, uh, when, when people normally start, but we have, we have an 80 year old that still is, uh, trains as a black belt, uh, at, uh, at, uh, John Jock Machado's uh, yeah, yeah. headquarters and, you know, guys train forever. And I mean, he was, you know, 60 when I started, you know, well, no, do, do you think that there's now. something weird psychologically with people that do the extreme sports like, you know, like, uh, like Mark Twight, who's this crazy Alpine guy, pretty interesting writer, um, and some people, oh, he's a psychopath. He's a, he's a sociopath. He's psychologically malformed and this and that. Is there something wrong with people that do that extreme stuff? Like there's some people that do stuff that I've done once or twice, but they do it constantly. Okay, I do think so. And I've got a theory on this. And, and then I'll get you guys to weigh in. Almost every Ironman athlete I know is a former addict of some kind. So, you know, gam gambling to drugs yeah. to, you know, whatever um, in their lives. Yeah. And so some of those, like you have a little bit of a switch in there mm -hmm. and you need, you know, to kind of feed whatever that animal is inside you. And I, I think they, uh, especially with an Ironman athlete or people who are doing ultra marathons and, and things like that, they, you know, they have to have that, you know, kind of psychologically, you know, in order to avoid other, you know, destructive impulses. Mm. Um, so I, I think that there's something to be said for those, you know, folks that, that take extreme regular risks. Well, we know a lot of people that were very addicted to rock climbing. And we didn't, I wasn't in with the alpinists who are crazy as far as I'm concerned yeah. or the extreme alpinists. But, but there were a lot of us that had to get out every weekend or we didn't feel right. And right. uh, I wasn't really part of that group. I was sort of on and off. But uh, mm -hmm. we've got we have friends that are still going out. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm like if I don't climb pretty regularly, like preferably once a week, even if it's just half a day, I start to go a little bit crazy. It's more exercise, you know, release than anything else. But I I was never climbing at that kind of like a super elite level. I, you know, I never you, really you wanted were a to. Pretty good climber, Grant. Yeah, but but not. He was, little, he was a little. He little. Had a lot more hair and was a lot skinnier. Yeah, a lot, yeah, a whole lot more. Yeah, I did the weight transferred from the head down to the belly. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it it is weird because you know it's not. You know, most climbers will tell you it's not about an adrenaline rush. Maybe it's about dopamine hits, but I'm not a physician, so I don't know about that kind of stuff. Although 
even though I'm not a physician, I do know what a woman is. Mm. Right? Yeah, You're amen. not a biologist. <laughs> amen. Um, but yeah, I, it, it, it's a strange thing. I've just, you know, like my daughter and some of my friends who are not climbers have said, man, climbers tend to be extreme people. And I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, I really don't. I mean, I think I just love, I just love the sport. I think a lot of them have low self images. They're like bodybuilders that are trying to armor their bodies mm -hmm. with muscles because their images are not as good. Mm. So, but who knows? Mm. It sure seemed to do me a lot of good at the time. Oh, it's great. Well, I think it's uh, for climbing and I've, you know, I, I grew up in Chatsworth and so you had Rocky Peak and as kids, you know, we did a lot we of like bouldering our, and, you know, we wasted would, youth in Chatsworth. Yeah. And I, yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, so I was exposed enough to it to, you know, know that yeah. it, it's got a meditative, you know, aspect to it. It's, it's a mm -hmm. deliberative practice. And I think, you know, some of that combined with the, you know, adventure of it, the outdoors, all that stuff. I mean, I understand the, the appeal and, and why, you know, it, it uh, I think, does so good and is so appealing to people. It's hard to quantitate, quantify, except for it seemed important at the time. Yeah. Very important. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can re I can remember climbs that I did 42. I remember the very first rock climb I ever did, 43, you know, coming up on 44 years now, actually. You know, this 30-foot low-angle slab of Carter Rock in Maryland, this little greasy thing that's probably 5'1", five, 5'2", five, being completely terrified with a piece of gold line wrapped around my waist. I'm trying to scamper up it in tennis shoes. And I just remember thinking about that obsessively for weeks afterwards. My hands would just sweat in class while I was thinking about, I want to go back out there and do that again, you know. But, yeah, it's a it's a very strange thing. And, and I think that the people who do, like, wingsuit proximity flying those base jumping guys that's a whole nother order of you look at the list of the wingsuit guys uh, and they just they just they just they're, yeah. they're, they're just dead they're yeah just oh tell me all your favorite wingsuit guys they die bang 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 they just high altitude yeah, that's al just crazy. alpinists are the same way yeah they're the, yeah. they're the same way they're this they're yeah it's just incredibly incredibly dangerous well there's no yeah, you know for the, for a lot of the those things there's no real margin for error mm -hmm. you know you can't really make a mistake mm -hmm. and you know we are mm -hmm prone to making mistakes as human beings. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are imitating uh, uh, Honnold now. And and they're they're getting spinal injuries and yeah. falling on their heads from 100 feet up and all this yeah. stuff. Yeah, not, 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 not very Now, not you very know um, Honnold, right? Met him. Okay. Yeah. I met him before he became famous. I actually met him on El Cap one day. He, uh -huh. he, he's got Strange a low guy. affect level. He's yeah. just not, he just is kind of relaxed and doesn't think much about it. He had a a brain scan or an MRI scan of his amygdala, yeah. which is Just supposed to be the up. active. It didn't light up. <laughs> okay, wait. <clears throat> All right, T talk about that. Now. That, that's supposed to be what? That's a little thing in the middle of your brain right. that is like a center of emotional reactions. and Including fear. Yeah. Right. And so he he just didn't seem to be active there, which, I mean, it, he either conditioned himself that way over decades of doing this, or maybe he was an anomaly to begin with. Yeah, you you watch you watch the the free solo movie and the girlfriend's like, and what if something happens? What if you die, sweetie? You're so cute. And he's like, yeah, he's like a golem. Yeah, you know, he, he's he's kind of non-reactive, but you don't want to be an emotional guy and no. go up and do El Cap even with ropes, right? Right, because you can't. There's no no room for freaking out. Right, you can't do that stuff. So, yeah, he's an interesting. He's guy. in a Zen state. Yeah, I mean, he he mm -hmm. seemed yeah. to me like he's a little bit on the spectrum, um, and and so you know he's whatever it is. Yeah, oh yeah. no, I mean incredibly bright, I, and and I mean that you know in in the in the best sense, it seems like his you know his brain yeah, and his emotions and all that stuff are you know really just. And I loved the the you know uh, documentary was was amazing and watching him do that, but you you do get to see watch. that insight. I couldn't watch the crux. I knew the whole rest of the thing was human scale, but. Right sewing that crux in the middle. Now he'd done it 30 times mm. before he took the rope off. He was very confident with it, but there was another part lower down where it's a little wet. Slap. Yeah. It's a little wet. You just slip right off mm. and there you go. Yeah. Thousand feet. Yeah. You know? I was, I was right behind him at the, at the, the premiere night in Santa Monica at the big arc light or whatever theater was down there. And, you know, I, I got a text the day he did it. It might have been from you or somebody else. Oh, Honnold just did it. I was like, well, I know what that is. He he's finally sold that sold that route, and so I'm behind him like a year and a half later. And here's the movie. It's coming on. He's in front of me. I'm looking at the back of his head. I'm like, he's not dead. 
I was sweating profusely in the second row <laughs> watching this. I walked this. out of the middle of the movie. And, and, I, yeah. and I just, I, yeah. I turned my head down. We understand down. what it's all about. Yeah, well, for, for the audience yeah. who hasn't seen it, it's Free Solo yeah. and uh, Alex Honnell. Um, I think you can get it on Netflix it, it, yeah. for free. Yeah, um, yeah I think it's it's on it's yeah. on a bunch of the, uh, you know, streaming services now. So you probably, yeah, you probably can can get it for free. But, but it is uh, really interesting, even for, uh, you know, someone who doesn't care anything about climbing. It's it's really a, a great thing climbing to watch. Climbing at that level of difficulty is one thing. Climbing at that level of difficulty unroped is another way you've rehearsed the moves and you've got it all yeah. dialed in. But doing that <clears throat> over three thousand feet, that's just in it's just well, inconceivable. I, yeah. don't, I don't even understand. I don't think a lot of it was that hard, and I think a lot of it most of that done. that route is yeah. not super super hard to climb. Well, it's 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 interesting though listening to you guys and say, oh, I couldn't watch it oh, because that's how for a long time dish. I could not watch any UFC. Um, I, I, it bothered me in that really? same way. Yeah. I would get so like anxious watching it and I would be like, like I was in there doing the right. movements and yeah, he's got to, he's got to put his foot over that. You know, and, and it would be, it, it would be like stirring me up in a way that it just yeah. wasn't fun for me to, to watch yeah. any of that. I, I couldn't really watch jujitsu yeah. videos and all that stuff for a long time. Yeah. Now, now I can. And, um, and you would, you're like, I would rather be in there doing it anyway. Yes, it, bo- it bothered yeah. me, and I've always yeah, been that like way spectator with spectator sports. Uh, I, I can't watch sports; I'm bored. I, I went and I saw my, uh, uh, you know, first uh, professional football game. I saw, you know, the NFL, uh, you know, Rams lose hor- horribly uh, uh, over the weekend, and uh, you know, the only thing that I was interested in seeing is, you know, we had a, a suite at SoFi Stadium, and you know, it was all, you know, first class and, and done well. I hardly watched any of the game because I have that same feeling. I'd rather be doing an activity than than watching it, you know. But I envy the people because I didn't grow up being that interested in sports or, um, uh, you know, I was out doing things. So I'd never, you know, my dad wasn't a big, you know, foot, watching football or baseball or any of those things. And so I had zero interest in it. And, uh, and I envy people that get pumped up and excited about their teams a little bit because I see that joy. You know that that they have, and you know, but yeah, it's just not me. I don't identify with that at all. We have two major tragedies in this country that I take personally, and it's poor health and veganism. Battle both by ordering from my friends at Good Ranchers. Eighty-five percent of all grass-fed beef is imported from other countries, but because they process it here, they can slap the product of USA label on it. Because of this, over 100,000 independent American farms and ranches have closed. Good Ranchers sells 100% American meat. A Good Ranchers subscription locks in your price to protect you against inflation. Enter code LIBERTY at checkout for $30 off plus free shipping or go to goodranchers.com liberty. Every item is steakhouse quality and you can order the finest steaks, seafood, and chicken at half the price of those other online meat guys. And I'll tell you, in direct head-to-head competition in my discriminating household, Good Ranchers just tastes much better. Enter code LIBERTY at checkout for $30 off plus free shipping or go to goodranchers.com slash liberty. Good Ranchers, American meat delivered. There's another, just as a footnote, there's another movie that came out a year or two before Honnold's movie called The Climb. Uh, and it's Tommy Caldwell's movie, and nobody could believe what he did there. He climbed a part of El Capitan on the right side that was mm-hmm. totally blank <clears throat> with ropes. He did all these dynamic moves that mm-hmm. he just scampered up there like a squirrel and took flying leaps and all this crazy stuff. And then yeah. Honnold just totally put him in the shade. And I, I'm, I mm-hmm. fear for Honnold because he continues to solo, and I don't know what he can do with for a second act. He's just going to do something well, there's nothing much more risky. Go solo, risky. you know, northeast uh, a ret of Great Trango Tyrant. T- tower at 22,000 yeah. feet. No, there isn't. It's much more risky. Know. I told this him thing at the wasn't I, impossibly risky for Honnold at not his for level him. of climbing. Not yeah. for him. Yeah, I told him at the thing they were doing Q and A, and I put my hand up first, and I said, "I've been climbing for I don't know 40 years or something like that." And I said, "Stop it!" I just did the new heart. Just stop it, okay? You did it. You made the movie. Stop it. Are you crazy? Because you can't roll that dice. That There's another times. one on Netflix that portrays. I've forgotten the name, but it portrays this kid who was willing to solo ice and, you know, mix climbing. And he and died. A lot of time, he died. Yeah. He died within two years. He died yeah. in Canada. Yeah, that's uh, But uh, that's worth looking at because that guy 
is identifiably crazy when he made the film. And he, you know, this ice climbing, a lot of it involves climbing over heaps of like leaves with yeah. sharp tools, you know, at any point yeah. you could fall Constantly off. changing conditions, yeah. yeah. It's I mean, it's very, freaking yeah. horrible. And he Highly was willing irrational. to sew all this without a rope. With yeah. a rope, you've got a lot better chances. And actually, yeah. El Cap climbing with ropes is very freaking safe if you do all the rules. Yeah, yeah we, we, did, we did watch that one. I saw that yeah. one, and it was interesting because he was out of his mind. He was out um, of his mind, and it was yeah. apparent to you, even yeah. though you weren't a climber. Yeah, no, and, yeah. and well, and you saw it too. I mean, he, um, he, he, they were offering him all this money. They were, you know, trying to catalog it. They were trying to record everything, Before and he would he just, fell. and he would just disappear all the yeah. time. And he, you know, and he ended up, mm-hmm. you know, going out on his own without any of that when he ultimately died. But, but he would like escape and dodge the responsibilities of even this filming yeah. and everything that he agreed yeah. with. So he, he was a, he yeah, was an odd suicidal. one. Yeah, he was an odd yeah. one. Yeah, and what, and what gets most alpinists unless other than high altitude above 26,000 feet got him which is an avalanche you cannot control that unless right. you're like i am not going to go underneath the things that can come off yeah. right and you just i don't go near those things that's why my mountaineering is almost all up in the sierra where you just you don't have hanging glaciers and seracs and huge ice walls that break off it's very steep rock totally different kind of thing than what you what he was doing yeah. yeah. Well, I, I had no idea we'd take this turn into climbing. I like it. Okay. Though. I hope it's not. No, I like it. All right. No, this is good. Well, look, uh, my and only we can do rule this for two hours easily. My only rule for the show when people say, oh, so what's the show about? I say interesting people talking about interesting things in the interesting times we're in from a Christian perspective. That's go. it. So um, I love, you know, hearing, I love the passion that I hear in your voices. I, I love hearing the, you know, sort of inside baseball on, you know, things that we've seen like free solo and, you know, it's, it's a, uh, it's, it's yeah. really cool. Bob and I, and uh, one of his old friends, uh, Dr. Chris Gonzalez, who's his pathologist, right? Yeah. We topped out on El Cap. I'm the old night. friend. He's yeah. the young. I, I'm, I'm like the yeah. He's the baby. So I'm 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 the I'm the the sweet pea of the group, right? And um, you know, we did El Cap. Grant and, gave me about a cup of water at the end, and get, it fired me up just enough to get <laughs> and, get sorry. And we top out, and it's dark, and it's fairly cold, and we're exhausted. And I don't remember which time it was, but that might have been the time that I I think it was the time when I led the last couple hundred feet because Chris had led a large part of it and Bob had a large part. And then I had just been, you know, come, you know, jugging up the fixed lines with the pack, which is maybe physically hard, but it's not like leading. And so we top out, we get to the top and we're, we're dehydrated and you can almost always find some stashes of food and water up there, but we couldn't find anything. And we were out and we're like, I mean, we had, it was, I think it was an over 24 hour. I think we're at 23, 24, 25 hours. We're we're really tired and it's dark. And, And I'm like, okay, I can find the trail to the top of the dome and we can walk down the trail and go all the way down to Yosemite Falls. And Bob tells me, and you're probably right, this is the stupidest idea I ever heard. All we got to do is just go along the rim and we do the rappels because the normal descent, if you know what you're doing, you can do it in 90 minutes to two hours. Right. It's dangerous because you're doing some kind of down climbing. It's exposed. It's dark. You got to do a lot of rappelling. People get hurt there. Right. What, what would have been, how long would have taken to just walk? Four down? or five hours. Well, right. we did the walk. We basically outvoted Bob. And along the way, you know, along the way, Chris and I found this little artesian spring. It was basically this little water coming up out of the mud, right? And we're like, we can get water, we can get water. And it took forever to fill up some bottles and we drank the water, which you know, might have been risky. And all night long, we walked along the rim of the valley all the way down to Yosemite Falls wow. and down that horrible trail and, you know, every hour we were like, too, too tired. You lay down and just shiver for 20 minutes, not really sleep, but you had to get off your feet. And yeah, that was. We, that I was, got hallucinations. That's a little thing you get when you're, yeah. you've been up for we, 48 we've been, hours. We've and, been up for over two days yeah, straight. Well, I don't know, maybe 36 and, hours. And, and yeah, I kept we were seeing things. In all the There's a bear. Oh no, it's a stump. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it, you know, and wow. we have a photograph of when we got down to the base and we all looked like we'd had about five martinis really you, fast. You know, I've got that, and I will it send was, it to Bryce if he wants to put it in the show notes. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, that's we, more that. interesting. We, than, we looked a little weather-beaten at that yeah. point. We look younger than we look now, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 no, yeah, send that, that, that to was, me. because uh, That was pretty wild. The, was pretty wild. Uh, yeah, the audience will probably enjoy yeah. that. But it was fun because, you know, we, you know they, they have more experience than I do, but I was a little bit younger, and we get up there, and we just have this intense, yeah, that's There the we are. That's the <laughs> yeah, here. Have a look at that, Bryce. I'll send it. Yeah, yeah, send it. I have so it in my. It. I have it in my resume. Oh wow, that's cool. 
Isn't that crazy? Your Honestly, I mean, you know, I'm proud of the climbing. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. But it was a super, super intense experience, the climbing. And then at the top, we're gonna do this, no, we're gonna do that. And you know, we're all trying to, you know, and we're just all out of our minds with ourselves. Yeah. We we're just completely wasting. Because we were all probably he didn't have any more hair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that I, was I, ten I, years ago. Yeah, at least, that was, maybe that, 15. was that was almost fifteen years ago. Yeah. yeah. I was probably in my forties. You guys uh, are so now 50s. uh with maybe some of these you know, like free solo and things like that. Is the climbing industry growing? Is it, yeah. um, you know, the gyms static? have made it take off. See, yeah. every, everybody and his grandmother thinks he's a climber now. Yeah. When we did it, you had to go outside. It yeah, had a certain outside. degree of danger. And But yeah. the gyms are super safe. It's very hard to hurt yourself. Yeah. Or, the vast majority yeah. of people, even the ones who get really good in the gym, never do go outside. And you can always spot them because they go out and they're like, they don't know what to do because it's like, I'm looking for the purple holes. Well, it's if, a piece of granite. It's all on. You if they get it, though, on. they're super strong. They but they can, they can be amazingly and, good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because there's a, um, a a guy that's got a big YouTube channel that for some reason keeps coming up in my feed. I think his first name is maybe Magnus or um, anyway. He's, oh, I know that guy. Yeah. 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 He's Norwegian or something. Yeah. I've watched a couple right, of his right, videos. Right. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. And and uh, and he'll, um, you know, he's doing like the going into the climbing gyms and pretending he's a novice is in a disguise. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know. Um, you, you know, messing with them a little bit before it's revealed that, you know, he's a superstar mm-hmm. um, or he's having, uh, you know, Juji Mufu and, uh, you know, these bodybuilder types or these, you know, strength athletes or they had an arm wrestler, you know, and different things and, you know, teaching them some climbing and having fun in some of these gyms. But so I, yeah, I was just curious if because of all of that, you know, if it's if it's, uh, you know, bubbling up again and, and growing again, the gym stimulated the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, the gyms are actually profitable. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm glad, but I, I, at the same time, I'm a little sad if they aren't doing the outdoors stuff as much, because I think that, you know, we've got so much where everybody's doing everything indoors and we need to get out there yeah. in nature. Let, let's let them stay in the gym. I don't want the crags getting crowded with there's, people because you spot what we call the gym gumbies. They're out there and they're like, oh, how does this all work? You know? And I'm like, you're going to die right. because it, it, it's much more complex and dangerous outside. There's a lot of skills you have to. Yeah. It's such really a controlled environment inside. That's Right. And, yeah. and yeah, and that's yeah. right. But I'm all, glad they're in the gyms. Yeah. It's okay. good exercise. All right. So stay in the gyms. Yeah. Just stay there. Okay. <laughs> um, so what, one of the things, and we'll shift gears a little bit here, although we can come back to, you know, climbing anytime you guys want. Um, so uh, Dr. Yoho, yeah. you. We're have, all doctors here. I know. We're over first names. Okay, um, go ahead, Robert. Robert, you have been so, I know, but I always call you Dr. Yoho. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. hard. It's hard for me. The, you know, you earned that. It's worthy of respect. Um, you it's have a lot been. Less than I used to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, you have been so um, prolific um, over, you know, the last couple of years because of everything that's been going on. And I know you're working on a new project right now. And um, I, I like it. And I'm glad that uh, Professor Grant. Horner is here because you, before we began, were telling us about your new project and uh, uh, talking about the uh, demonic uh, aspect. So um, first, talk about that project. Okay. And then, and then I've got a couple of follow-up questions, and I'd love you both to weigh in. So uh, then there's one interesting thing. This thing seems to be a minor viral hit now. It doesn't go viral like it is for, with YouTube, but I've heard from my campers i've got five thousand on substack and they seem to think that it's it's selling and it the sales reflect that and it's not a money maker i give it all to amazon and a and a contractor but uh i you know i that's great because it's excellent uh, and and the book that you just held up for the people years. who are just listening is butchered by Healthcare, which i which i read yeah uh i know you helped uh edit it. edit it yeah yeah i read it eight or nine times maybe ten times yeah but it's yeah. it's it's great. great because it's a lot of what you know in, in you know my background we we had a whole episode talking about this and we'll we'll uh, sh- uh share the link on that but being in the um healthcare industry from the insurance side you know, I am seeing the corruption from an entirely different it's angle. So incredibly corrupt. Yeah, and and, and you know how much respect you need to a lot to somebody like me with this background. I'm not impressed with it. I'm disgusted with my colleagues. I mean, it's just horrible. But I I never was faced with the thing about losing my license if I spoke up. I retired. Yeah. So I didn't care. Yeah. No. And 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 now I'm sure you've paid attention to you know the know. Um, the latest bill passed here yeah. in our That'll wonderful communist overturned. state. Overturned. 
Yeah, I, I hope so. Enough. Yeah, it, well, um, you know what's interesting is is uh, Governor Newsom, you know, basically did a little CYA in when he passed it, and he said, "Oh, this is probably unconstitutional, yeah. but I'm going to sign it anyway." It's obviously unconstitutional. Yeah, which is which is silly, um, but the uh, the industry silly and, isn't the word I'd use. No, it's true. Criminal. I shouldn't. Yeah. I shouldn't even use that word yeah. at all because almost nothing that's going on these days are funny. But maybe You're that's a, a psychological guy. protection. You're a good natured guy, Bryce. <laughs> yeah, yes. um, but but the the question um, I, I do want to hit you with, and then let's talk about your new project um, right now. So I'm talking to people in my industry. And I'm talking to people who do the like uh, adjudication of the bills and things like that and seeing what's happening. And our healthcare system here in the U.S., it is it is imploding. It is actually falling apart. They can't get enough doctors. They can't get doctors to work. And so them uh, putting things like they just did, you know, here, you know, as a as a law against doctors, all the stuff that's happening right now, we are going to be in danger of not being able to actually go in and get care yeah even just access care right now i mean it is it is it is disintegrating before our eyes it's a mess kaiser still makes you wear masks as you go into the facility anywhere and they're like a little spike protein mind control thing i mean they want people to cooperate with the whole agenda allow themselves to be injected because it's so the most profitable Product, not drug, but product in history was the Vax. Most profitable, more profitable year over year than Coca-Cola or anything else. More profitable than the iPhone. I mean, it's just insane. And it's all government funded. And these, you know, the the, the vaccine is uh, free to, to the consumer. Free. You get to take that, you know, you spend the chamber in your gun, point it at your head, and you get to take that one chance in 250 that there's a live round in that thing, a hot lot. You know, and that's yeah. that's the number. It's one in two fifty that you're going to be very freaking sick. There, are, there are um, statistics that are coming out of Britain now, and this has to be a small area or exaggerated. But they're claiming that one out of three hundred fifty people die within two months. I mean, it's some incredible thing that just came out last week. Now, I I doubt if it's that high, but you never know. They may have they may have concentrated the the poisons in that area. You guys are familiar with Michael Yaden and the hot lots. You're okay. So in a nutshell, they retrospectively looked at the VAERS data, these really brilliant statistician guys. And a lot is, and I I can include charts in your show notes if you want, uh, because I wrote an article and re-edited over and over until I was sure it was easy to understand. But the lot is, uh, say, a few thousand files with the same contents, right? And so what they did is they had some of these things that, that by they, I mean Moderna, Pfizer, and Johnson & Johnson, they had, they had uh, a study where they measured the dose that it took to kill people or injure them severely. And it was, you're able to see what they did when you plot the injuries on a graph. And they, they even had placebo controls that were like white areas where they didn't use any, you know, intervals in time where they didn't. I mean, I can show you this stuff. Well, yeah, while well, you're looking that up, um, yeah. for those of you that are listening to us on radio, um, you got to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, we are going to be going into a part two because, you know, we can talk. So we're going to keep Grant? going here. Grant. Thank you for joining us on Liberty Station. I hope you enjoy the show. If you like what we're doing, please subscribe to us on Rumble, Liftable TV, or Spotify, or anywhere that you consume podcasts. Please text these episodes to your friends and support our advertisers. 